Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Three Ball Podcast. It's a when I'm recording this, it is Father's Day and it will come out on Father's Day. I don't know why I had to make that clear, but anyways, happy father, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, we will have my dad on the pod er, on the next part of the podcast coming up after the break, and we will have him on there. We'll talk about some NBA basketball. Um. The Celtics, he's a big Celtics fan, so we'll talk about the Celtics for a little bit. We'll also talk about old classic music like uh, 1970s, 1980s, 1960s rock, like the Beatles, and all the British bands. We'll talk about that. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and why he thinks the Smiths should be in it. We'll talk about that as well. But the first part of the podcast is just going to be me. And I'd just like to say thank you for... The two, uh, my father, obviously, he has been a great father to me, and he has done plenty of stuff for me, and I don't know where I'd be without him, and the other person I'm going to thank, my stepdad, John, thank you for everything that you've done for me, and thank you for everything that you've done for my mom, it's wonderful, and I really appreciate you doing that, um, yeah. Just want to say thank you to all the fathers out there. You you guys are great and you do your best. And I mean, there's not much I can say. It, it's just thank you for doing what you do. But um, FIFA, the the Premier League is playing again. Um, I do watch some of the Premier League games. I'm a Tottenham Spurs fan in the Premier League. That team has Harry Kane, who is the captain of Team England when the World Cup plays. Um, they wear, when they play in the Premier League soccer, they wear the Black Lives Matter on the back of their shirt. And they also take a knee before the game. They do not kneel for the national anthem because they, in England, they really don't have police brutality towards African Americans. Um, it's mostly just, England has more of a problem with um, the, the Muslim community and that's a whole different topic, and I'm not in England, so I won't talk about it. Um, the RBC Heritage is being, the final round is being played today. Um, my favorite golfer, Danny Willett, missed the cut once again. Um, I'd like Danny Willett on the show. That'd be pretty cool. Um, he's a former Masters champion, if you didn't know, and I would be surprised if you didn't know, but he did be Jordan's feet, so hey, that, that's an accomplishment. But, um... The final round of the RBC Heritage is being played today, and it, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top of that. Um, Tiger Woods is not playing, because Tiger Woods never plays in the Heritage. I don't know why. Um, Ian Poulter, another one of my favorite golfers, is only a couple shots back, and he, he has a chance to uh, do something good. Uh, I know a lot of, I know the Heritage is a lot easier today because of, uh, the conditions that it's being played in and it's a lot easier for golfers to hit the long ball and the rough isn't as tall as it usually is so it's a lot easier for people to hit the ball through and through through the rough because the fairways are very small at the heritage and i know that because i've seen the heritage a couple times but um yeah the fairways are really small and it's, now there's not such a big issue if you hit it in the rough because the grass isn't as tall in the rough as it usually is at this time. Um, so yeah, that's about it on that topic. I don't really cover golf. I, I can. Um, probably not. 
Um, so, as I said, we'll have my dad on later. And we will also have on Wednesday, we'll have my mom on. Should be exciting. I don't know what we're going to talk about, to be honest. We might talk about uh, some of her favorite TV shows and some movies that she likes. Um, sport, she's not really a big into sports, but you never know. My mom might, she might be happy to talk about sports for a little bit. Who knows? Um, I know she likes music. Actually, on Wednesday, we might just talk about the Black Eyed Peas new album called Translation. Very good album. We'll talk about that. We'll probably talk about that on Wednesday, if we're being honest. We're, we're probably talking about Black Eyed Peas on Wednesday. So, um, we'll talk Black Eyed Peas Wednesday, one of my favorite groups of all time, possibly my favorite group of all time. Um, I, a lot of the Black Eyed Peas is confusing because if, well, never mind, we'll talk about it Wednesday. But their their greatness is very confusing. Um, uh, the one thing I'd like to make clear is that when my dad is on the podcast, we will not be talking about politics, Black Lives Matter, and stuff like that. Just because of the fact it's... Grown-ups have different views of what happens today, and their mind is set in stone on their beliefs. So I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna try to change that. And... It is America, they do have their freedom of choice of what they believe in, so I'm not going to try to change people's beliefs on what they already believe at when they're 40 plus. I'm not going to try to change that. I mean, now, you could change the mind of somebody my age. Um, if you didn't know, I'm 17, and I'm doing this podcast because I really like this po- I really like doing podcasts and expressing my views. Um, the rebrand should be coming up. Pretty soon, uh, at the latest, end of July, at the latest, but, um, should be exciting. Um, there will be advertisements when the rebrand comes up, so if you don't like ads, I'm sorry, but kind of got to do that if I want to get paid, so, my bad on that. Um, but yeah, this is about all we're going to talk about on the first part. We'll have my dad up on the second part, which will be coming up very soon, but, I'm just happy that the Premier League is back and NAS- I mean NASCAR is happening. I don't really like NASCAR to be honest, but I- I'm I'm getting into the driving kind of because I've been watching the uh, Herbie movies. Don't know what that is. Herbie is like this little, it's like this bug car. Well, not a bug car, but they call it a bug. And Herbie is like a bug car and. Basically, he has a mind of his own, and he can drive by with nobody at the wheel. And there's this racer who finds a car and revives his career with this car. Um, very good movies. I like them. These were made in the 70s, so the uh, credits are at the beginning, so you know who's in the movie, and you don't just wait. And after the movie you leave, you actually have to watch the credits, which I love about movies because... love about older movies because of the fact... You gotta watch the credits. It's like, you, at that time, you couldn't just skip. And if you're watching at the movie theater, you can't just leave and before while the credits are going because you might miss something. And I really like that about older movies. In fact, I think they should bring that back today. But they probably won't because of all the, uh, the ads you get before the movie anyway. It's a pain in the butt. But the Herbie movies are very good. I've watched the first one, the second one. Um, we might watch, I might watch the third one t- 
today. I don't know. But, um, I think they're good movies. Um, I definitely recommend them to people who haven't seen them. Um, also sports movies today. Um, you should, I mean, if you want to watch sports movies, go ahead. Because we don't have any sports here. So, I, I've watched this, I've, I've been watching sports documentaries. Like, I watched this thing on Usain Bolt. Uh, a couple of days ago, very good. Um, it's how he trains for the Olympics. It's very good. Um, it's definitely different than how other people train. Um, his trainer is an older gentleman from the country from Jamaica, and he's been his trainer forever. So it's definitely different, and I like it because most people try to go big time and switch trainers, like Tiger Woods switches caddies so he can hit the ball further, but. He really isn't that better. Um, I, well, I'm gonna talk about Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods is overrated as heck. I like Tiger, but Tiger hasn't faced any good golfers like ever, um, except Phil Mickelson, and that's the, that's the person he has to beat his majors for. In fact, if I gathered the people, uh, we'll talk about this in part two of the podcast. If I gathered the people that Tiger Woods lost to in the Masters, you'd be like, who? So, I mean, that's kind of my point. Like, I think Tiger Woods is overrated as can be. Doesn't have the same, he doesn't have the same amount of wins. He doesn't play certain golf courses because he's scared to. The fairways are too small. He always makes excuses about the conditions. Like, come on, man. You're, you're a pro golfer. Stop making excuses. I don't want to hear him. Other people might, but I don't want to. So that's my view on Tiger. Um, I think people like VJ Singh. VJ Singh, really good. Um, but fell off the cliff. I like VJ Singh. Also, John Daly should come back. I would love, I, I should start my own golf people, or my own golf company, or golf tour, and just have a bunch of hilarious guys on there, have them mic'd up. That'd be hilarious. Like how they did the match, but like real golfers like VJ Singh and John Daly mic'd up. It'd be hilarious. It should happen. In fact, I'm gonna use that, I'm gonna propose that idea to the PGA. That'd be hilarious. But, um, that's about all part one is going to be. You won't see the dip from part one to part two when then it'll just continue when you're listening to it. But I'm taking a break at the time to finish this and get my dad on. So, you won't see the transition, but I will. But I'll see you back in, like, a couple seconds, I guess. But we're going into part two where my dad will be on the podcast. So... Please welcome my father. Hello, hello, hello. All right, are we good? Uh, I would suggest coming a little bit closer to the uh, microphone. Which would... How about this? Is that better? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, welcome to part two of my podcast. This is with my... And hello. The, yeah, introduce yourself. <laughs> hello, I'm Ray Goldman, Galt's dad. Happy to be here on this great Father's Day, and uh, happy to join him on this podcast. Yes, even though most of the people who are listening do know who you are, so. Okay, well, great. Yeah, it's okay, though. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about with the NBA season coming back, Celtics, your Boston Celtics have a chance to win the NBA Finals. Wow. Probably not, but there's so many factors in play that we've never seen before. I mean, 
You're playing in Orlando, basically pickup games. Uh, no home fans, of course. No, uh, no home court advantage. But what I, yeah. one of the things that will be good for the Celtics, if you've noticed under Brad Stevens, they, they usually start pretty fast. Um, and you have to contribute that to coaching. And I think in this very short little window, you're not going to be able to get off to a slow start. I think the teams that can yeah. go ahead and, and play well early are going to have a big advantage. If you're looking to gel or figure things out, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage, I think. Yeah. And one of the things also I would say that would help the Celtics is the fact that a lot of Le- some of LeBron's teammates do not want to play this uh, – in this NBA restart, Dwight Howard has already said he doesn't want to play. And Avery Bradley has also said that he doesn't want to play. So there are two guys, Dwight Howard, who comes off the bench and contributes a lot of defense. And so does Avery Bradley. So there are two major defensive players who said they're not coming back. Yeah. And I think more so than the physical contributions, when you get that vibe in the locker room or amongst the team, if you, I think the teams that are really united and the Celtics may fall under this. As you know, they got a bunch of young guys who, who want to play ball. So they don't really have the veterans who are looking out for themselves and and that kind of thing. I I think there's going to be something to be said for the teams that are really together right now. Um, But, but we'll see. There's so many other factors. I mean, the first being talent, talent usually wins out anyway. So you can't rule out, the and by the way, Milwaukee. I think they have a really good team vibe. I think the way Giannis leads them, they pretty much fall behind him, and uh, I think they're going to have a really good shot. Yeah, the only thing about the Bucks though is if you uh, triple team Giannis and make him pass, and he has to rely on people like Dante Divincenzo and uh, Chris Middleton. Even though Chris Middleton uh, this year he was. 0.01% away from the 50-40-90 club, which only Hall of Famers have been in. Or actually, no. Hall of Famers plus Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, this is going to be interesting to see even how this plays out. Um, once again, you, the baseball hasn't started. Nothing started for sure, but if they do in fact go through this, is it going to be an asterisk? Uh, who are, are you really going to recognize this champion, or will it always be uh that really shouldn't count? Uh, you know, so yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of the opinion that they should just scratch the season, but I know with money and owners and even players like LeBron, whose window is closing every minute of every day, they want to try to get something done, and so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I also want to mention, especially with like uh, the NBA season taking a break, is people like Victor Oladipo, who were in rehab, their rehab just got a whole lot better. And I think he'll be able to come back because obvi- I think either the Celtics will play the 76ers or the Pacers in the first round. Yeah, some people are going to get healthier. And, you know, two guys that I, I just – are James Harden and and the Joker who have gone through body transformations. And most of this has been done on their own. I, I don't think this is, you know, from playing pickup games and that kind of thing. So 
uh, they're going to be equipped with new bodies that they haven't been playing with. So it's going to be fascinating to me to see on paper. I think both of them trimming down is only going to help them, but they're still the bodies they haven't played with. I think it'll help Jokic just because Jokic is a big man, but I don't think it helps Harden. We've seen Harden with this body before when he was with the Thunder, and he was primarily a spot-up three-point shooter in the corner. And But that could work because I think Westbrook needs to handle the ball because he's not a shooter. And if they're going to play that five-out offense and where they just chuck shots, then I think that helps. But I don't think Harden will average 33 points a game and go to the free throw line 16 times. Yeah, uh, fatigue has been a problem to me for him in the playoffs. He's never looked in shape, but yet carrying that extra weight, when he initiates all that contact, it helps because with that thickness and that mass, he a lot of times he's just able to play off guys. Now you take away 20, 25 pounds, he's going to be on the floor even more now, and I – We'll just have to wait and see. I don't think any, we can speculate how it's going to work, but it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, the last thing NBA-wise I'm going to talk about is one of my favorite NBA players in today's generation because I play a lot like him. Uh, you probably won't know who he is, but Andre Roberson, if you, he was the great defensive player for the Thunder two years ago, and he got injured. Uh, I can't remember what it was. He tore his ACL and he had some setbacks and he he would have been out all this year, but he might be able to come back for the NBA playoffs and he's an elite defender. So if he can come in and guard people like Kawhi or LeBron, then I think that gives the Thunder a little bit of help because the Thunder aren't necessarily the greatest offensive or defensive team. They're just smart and play hard. Yeah, I think... The layoff is going to, in this very shortened format, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have an element of March Madness where a team that's a sixth, seventh seed could catch fire. I mean, and that's the last thing the Lakers or or Milwaukee want to run up on is a team that just catches lightning in a bottle and all of a sudden you're out, as opposed to where these teams would have been playing down the stretch, battling for playoff positions and whatnot, a lot more dinged up. I think yeah. you get a much more feeling of how it's going to go. But now we're all starting at zero, so to speak, with these guys. And so, you know, yeah. Nick, somebody may catch fire. Like you said, they'll, they'll have an element they haven't had before that could really give one of the top teams problems. So, Yeah, like what, what would happen to LeBron if they have to go against Zion and the Pelicans? As much as I don't like Zion's game or style of play, if he gets Zion in, in whatever round they would play in, That'd be an interesting matchup for LeBron. <laughs> yeah, nobody keeps their body in better shape than LeBron, but it's much harder to come off a layoff at age 37, 35, whatever he is, than these guys that are 19, 20, 21 years old, or even Giannis at 25 years old. I mean, they can kind of get right back at it. I mean, I, I just can't imagine LeBron not having a little bit of rust no matter what coming back. We'll see. Yeah, it should be interesting to watch. Um, did you see any of the Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire thing? Um, no, I did not. Um, you know, we we followed that uh, as it was happening back in the day. Um, you were you were small, I think. I mean, you 
watched Sosa take some BP at times, but uh, it was it was great for baseball. It came along at a good time. I mean, they actually just captured baseball. I think they'd come off a strike season or something like that, and so it really brought baseball back, and it was like those guys were going back and forth. Um, of course, then the game, as everybody saw, when McGuire hits – 61 I think and they're playing the Cubs I mean that's that's just real great drama that you you just can't make up I mean almost a movie can't make it up so it was it was a great season but you know being a purist baseball guy you 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 knew what the score was I mean Sosa even got caught with a corked bat I mean really you'll use a corked bat I think you'll use you know, some PDs that weren't even illegal at the time. So, you know, you, depending on your age and how you view baseball, you take that different ways. You know, I look back on it and, you know, Henry Aaron is yeah. still the home run king. End of story for me. So. Yeah. And, and just to quote Mark McGuire on like how little Sammy Sosa had done before his home run uh, stretch, Mark McGuire said, I'm going to quote him. I didn't know who Sammy Sosa was till he hit 20 home runs in a month. <laughs> yeah, I dare somebody find a Sammy Sosa's card when I think he came up with the Chicago White Sox, you know, and he's about a, a buck uh, 55 or a buck 70 maybe. Uh, and you, yeah. you, you wouldn't have gone, hey, that guy's going to hit over 60 home runs in a season one day. It, that That just wasn't, you know, on anybody's radar. I mean, when McGuire yeah. came out of Southern Cal, he's a big 6'5". He's skinny as a rail, but he was a power hitter even, you know, in college. So, you, you know, you could see the potential for him to to one day go on. A, you know, for all you old, real old schoolers out there, the rest of you guys need to Google it. But there was a guy back in the day for the Cubs named Dave Kingman who reminded me of McGuire. He, he only hit about 250, but, heck, he'd hit 40 home runs a year. And, you know, he'd go – one for five with a home run. So, yeah, you know, I could see it somewhat with McGuire, but as we know, Sosa came out of nowhere. And But baseball history. Yes. So we're going to move on to the next topic now. You are a big um, music person with, like, the Beatles, the Clash, old, older bands like that, correct? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so – why do you think the Smiths are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got to believe Mr. Morrissey's reputation uh, of being difficult, um, at times being at odds with his bandmates, being at odds with record companies. Um, You almost have to think that has something to do with it. Really, he and Johnny Marr both went on to have life after the Smiths and did very good things. I mean, almost to the point of certainly in Morrissey's case, you could make an argument that he could be in there as a solo act. I mean, that's, you know, look at the the albums and the songs and the sales. I mean, he's he he can make an argument. But the fact yeah. the band itself is not in, I mean – you know, you've been to the place, you know, you've, it's more of a popularity. I mean, heck, Madonna's in there, Tupac's in there. I mean, okay, great entertainers, but at what does that fall under rock and roll? You know I mean? So 
Yeah, I feel like they should just change it to like a uh, music hall of fame and just put. I mean, I mean, Biggie's in there now. Uh, Snoop Dogg, I think, is in there. <laughs> so, it, it, in my opinion, it's just the music hall of fame. And if they get back to like actual rock and roll, the Smiths will be there in there. Um, Depeche Mode might be out. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take a few out? There you go. Uh, all I all I know is if the Smiths do deservedly get in one day, Morrissey's acceptance speech, if he shows up, will be worth the price of admission because no one will be able to in any way predict what he's going to say once they hand him that award and give him the microphone. They're going to need like a, a minute delay to maybe just edit out whatever he's going to say. Cause who knows? Um, they might give him the Ken Stabler treatment and just wait till he, uh, unfortunately passes away and then they put him in because Ken Stabler also had a, a, not a bad reputation, obviously, but a reputation of partying and stuff like that when he was in the NFL and for as long as it took the NFL to put him in the NFL Hall of Fame, I think he would have said something along. I think he would have uh, had some backlash on the NFL for waiting so long. Yeah, because, you know, that these guys, they each, you know, when they go up there and everything, they kind of throw a party, um, you know, where they're all their people that have helped them. And, I mean, everybody has a party. And I, I would imagine that, getting an invite to Stabler's party would have been top priority for a lot of people because I'm sure it would have been, you know, a real throwdown uh, if the snake was still alive. So, but unfortunately, you know, he wasn't there. He should have been in there earlier. Uh, there's still some great stories about when he came here and spoke at the Ray guy um, uh, ceremony for the punters. And he was the guest speaker and, uh, as the snake was known to do, he went out to, uh, let's just say, partake in some of the Augusta nightlife. And so there's still so many stories floating around about hanging out with Kenny that night. So, yeah, De definitely. A yeah, definitely a living legend there. But we're going to get back to music out of the bands out of Britain. We're talking the Stones, the Beatles, the Smiths, the Clash. Who's your favorite out of those four? Well, that's – it's hard between – I mean, I'm always – those are such iconic bands, and you can't – you can only have what you like personally because to say that any one of those are not incredible bands would be would be very false. But, I mean, I just – as you know, I have a, a deep love for the Beatles. Um, but, heck, the Rolling Stones are as, as good as it gets. They've written – they had so many great songs. Keith Richards, so many great guitar licks. And then, of course, you go to one of my other favorite, The Clash, who just not near the group musically that the other two or uh, some of the even Led Zeppelin or The Who, but they came along at a time when it, it meant a whole lot. It, uh, they wrote songs. They talked about stuff that mattered um, to them and, and really – to the youth of England at the time, but yet they still did it not so much in an anarchist way that we're seeing now. I mean, Joe Strummer never advocated any kind of violence at all, but yet he was still very socially aware of, of what was going on at the time and still goes on today, actually. So 
you know, it's hard to say. Those are some some great, great, great bands. Yes, and like a lot of bands, I mean, obviously the the Beatles, I'm not going to say them because everybody knows who the Beatles are and who the members are. Um, obviously, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo Starr. But if you look at bands like the Rolling Stones, if I asked a casual fan of the Rolling Stones just to name the members of the Rolling Stones, a lot of people would only say Mick Jagger. And so I think a lot of spotlight is just put on to the head guy. And a lot like the Clash, I mean, you only had uh, you had Joe Strummer, and I feel like that's a lot of uh, the only uh, person someone would name if you asked them to name the members of these bands. Yeah, the the Stones, you know, I think Keith Richards gets gets a lot of I mean, heck, he's he was in the he's been even in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So he he does carry some cachet, but I, you're right, the casual fan would never know they've had the same drummer for going on 45 plus years and the great Charlie Watts. Uh, you know, they're on yeah. about their third bass player, Bill Wyman. They're on their third Brian Jones, Mick Taylor were guitar players. Now they have Ronnie Wood. So yeah, they've. It takes mostly the true Stones fans to 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 really know all the inner workings that that band's gone through d- during their history. But um, still, I, I, yeah, I think when you go to most of the casual fans are going to go, "Hey, that's Keith Richards and Mick Jagger's band," and I yeah. get they're still doing it. I mean. Wow. Hopefully yeah. they get hopefully they get one more tour. I think we think we need to put that down, you know, to to mark that on the calendar. We need to catch them one last time. Yeah. And one of the things that I think like why the Beatles are, in my opinion, better than those uh, those bands like the Stones, the Clash, uh, the Smiths, the U2. I feel like the Clash or not the Clash, the Beatles. Sorry. Everybody knows the four members of the Beatles. Now, granted, they might have been the first ones to come over from uh, Britain and get all the love, but everybody knows the members of the Beatles. All of them split apart and had great solo slash other group careers. Like Lennon went on and made them uh, imagine. McCartney had the wings. Harrison was in the Traveling Wheelberries, and Ringo has his traveling all-star band. All of them went out and made a name for themselves afterwards as well. Yeah, and an odd note on that. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Sir Paul. He turned 78 on Friday. But, uh, yes, actually, it's so ironic that Harrison and Ringo had number one solo hits before Lennon and McCartney. And uh, I don't think anybody would have seen that coming, you know. So, yes, as as a collective group, I don't think you can argue, anybody can argue there's not more four more accomplished musicians than the four Beatles. So, yeah, which makes them a lot more popular, I would say, than The Clash. And, and most people only know who Joe Strummer is, and then they know Joe Strummer had his own uh, group called the Molescalos or something like that after The Clash. Yeah, yeah, nobody would confuse, you know, or, or would The Clash certainly not from a, an accomplished um repertoire of music and recordings or, or, or anywhere in the category of the Beatles. Um, but, you know, they had their, their moment and the London calling will go down as for most people's one of the great albums to come out of the British music scene of all time. I mean, uh, you can put up 
several of the Beatles and certainly Stones with Sticky Fingers and Exile on Main Street, but somewhere and then, you know, the Who with Quadrophenia, but you're certainly going to have The Clash, London Calling, and a top 20 albums by any British band. So, you know. Yeah, and, and, and if you remember, the per, I, in my opinion, the guy who set it up for uh, British for British to sell records in America was the great Sir Tom Jones, who's now 80 years old. <laughs> and, wow. Yeah, and Sir Tom still does the voice and all the wonderful stuff he does for England over there. And he had, uh, he told the story on The Voice where uh, it's not unusual, his first hit. He made that when he was like 23 and it was actually for a show. And when he played it back, he was like, oh, that can be a hit. And so they recorded it and then released it and it went to number one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I have to ask your uh, granny about the just absolute magnetism of Tom Jones as uh, we took her to the show down here when he played Augusta many years ago and women were, wow, they were beside themselves, almost like a mini Beatlemania. But it, the, the backstory on Tom Jones is with all the love that women all over the world have shown him in his career, he's been married to the same woman, I believe, since he was 18 years old. So, uh Sometimes your image is really not who the true person is. And uh, by all accounts, Sir Tom Jones is, you know, he's been a one woman guy for going on 70 years, I believe, or 60 years. So, yeah, uh, a lot like uh, Howie Mandela, who's been married to his high school sweetheart forever, who is a famous comedian, if you did not know that. <laughs> yeah, Howie. Um, but yes, I know going back to your Beatles, you know, their first when they came to America, they kept it under wraps that John Lennon was married because they thought that if it got out to all the screaming girls that, hey, one of the Beatles is married, that would be bad for business, so to speak. So, yeah, you know, kind of like Michael Jackson, you know, the first time he was on TV, he was 10. But they said, no, Barry Gordy said, no, say he's eight. Because that'll make it look even better that he's only eight. So there's always a lot of false bravados that are uh, making one's image for uh, entertainment purposes. So. Yeah. But uh, thank you for being on, man. I appreciate it. Um, but I, I did a part before this about uh, thanking fathers in general, and I talked a little bit about FIFA. But... Um, and then I also, uh, I also said we're gonna have uh, my mom on the podcast Wednesday. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I think we're just gonna talk about the Black Eyed Peas, to be honest, because <laughs> they, made, yeah, they made a new album and uh, it's really good. They spread uh, a lot like Joe Strummer. They spread like um, they're not for all of this stuff, but. They also don't say, "Hey, let's go riot" and stuff like that. It's all, it's all good music, like how they made "Where's the Love," which is one yeah. of, yeah. You know, these guys they've you know, and they've got a platform and deservedly so. I mean, they're they're entertainers and um, have been very successful at what they do. And but yet, at the end of the day, you you need to be careful with that platform because you can be 
you know, at the end of the day, it's just your opinion. And uh, like a lot of people have an opinion and just because you sold a, a bunch of records doesn't mean that's the way, it, you know, it really should go. But, but yeah, on some of these, un, you know, the injustices that you see going on and yes, for these guys to speak out is, is very good. They've earned that, that right. And, and hopefully they'll be able to do, way more good than harm when it comes to um, helping us get to where we want to be as a society. So, yeah, I, I remember, I can't remember which comedian said this, but a comedian said it. He was like, just because you sold hundreds and millions of records doesn't make you a politician. Okay. Right. Who was getting on for politics? Some, uh, Man, I can't have to escape him now. But it was a, a popular artist who, who one of his fans was getting in a real backlash on him about being too political. And and that's where I've, you know, from Morrissey to Springsteen to, to Bono, it's like, hey, yes, you can do a lot of good in the world, but, you know, let's keep it at that. It's not, don't point out your opinion based things that may be a little bit off, but yes, as far as helping with all the good you can do. Yeah. They, they do a great job with that. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Gal Goldman. No I problem. love you. Miss you kiddo. Miss you too. Thank all you right. for being on. All right. Bye, babe.